Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org and hosted by me, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, Mr. N.C. Scout, and it is very good to be with you. Just before coming on air, uh, saw a... uh, blurb over on the forum, forum forum.brushbeater.org, that uh, gave some sad news. Randy Weaver. Randy Weaver has passed away at the age of 75. And uh, it was being reported just a couple hours ago and uh, put a a small piece up on AmericanPartisan.org. And um, it's, it's really important to point out... There's, there's probably, there was a time in America, and it wasn't that long ago, that everybody knew who Randy Weaver was, and they knew at least the media's version of the story of what happened with, uh, with Randy so tragically, uh, how his family was murdered, his wife Vicky was murdered, uh, while they were, uh, while they were engaged in a standoff with the federal government. And, you know, <clears throat> the thing is, is that um, the media portrayed the story in a particular way. And uh, that way wasn't like all, like most things, like all things in in this era, in in, in the modern era of the 2020s, um, they portrayed it in a way that that what certainly wasn't accurate. Uh, lauded the federal law enforcement that was present, the FBI. Uh, Lon Horiuchi, who was the FBI's uh, HRT team sniper, who shot. Vicki Weaver, um, who is still badged, by the way. He worked for HS Precision for a little while. Um, you know, uh, it's important in this era, this modern era that we, we are in in the 2020s to remember our forebears and remember uh, the great patriots that have made a sacrifice for freedom and for liberty. Now, uh, the media, of course, painted and, and will continue to paint Randy in a certain way as to generate controversy and, uh, you know, paint paint the, the federal response as being somehow justified. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it couldn't be more inaccurate, I think. And... It is very, very important to understand a couple of things. First is the use of character assassination by the government and their allies in the media. Okay, Because we know in, in this era, in the modern era, and all the attempts they've made to shut down alternative media because they cannot handle 
or get a handle on rather the the narrative and can't get ahead of the narrative and that's why they they've made so many strides to shut down alternative media and uh you know the the target now is is alex jones uh for a number of reasons and and as i've said you know love him or hate him um he has revolutionized what we know of as alternative media in america today period okay and there would be no people like Alex Jones, there would certainly be no no uh, Radio Contra. There would be no uh, Joe Rogan. There would be no uh, Red Pill seventy eight or any of these guys who who are um, you know popping up day by day by day and gaining a, a lot of popularity. There would be none of this if there had not been a major call to arms of not just defending the Second Amendment in the early 90s, right, and throughout the mid-90s, which we saw our freedoms under an incredible and unprecedented assault, okay? And I was a, I was a kid and kind of coming of age in that era, but I paid attention to the news. I paid attention to the world that was going on around me because I knew while, you know, my peers were, were watching cartoons and you know kind of not really caring about things and and you know I, growing up in in the late 80s into the 90s um you know I watched all that stuff too GI Joe and Ninja Turtles and stuff but I also paid attention to what was going on in the world and uh with Randy Weaver and with his story it was an incredibly powerful one that served to really get the ball rolling on the alternative media of the day of that era. And that was shortwave radio. And that led to, uh, all kinds of, of great stuff that was coming out back then. And, you know, most notably William Cooper and, uh, William Cooper is, is one of the inspirations that I have, uh, for doing radio contra for even, even putting myself out there. And, um, you know, he, he made a lasting impact on the world and the, Ruby Ridge incident with Randy Weaver was one of the big catalysts that got him on the air. There were others. There were certainly others. And if you've uh, read Behold a Pale Horse, you certainly know exactly what I'm talking about. But the way that, that Randy Weaver was treated and the way in which the media painted him as some sort of violent criminal... Uh, because he, he held some beliefs, uh, he held some, some controversial beliefs. Well, there's a lot of people out there that hold controversial beliefs and that certainly is no reason, uh, for the federal government to step in and file frivolous charges with, with a, a horribly low standard of evidence. If the evidence was genuine at all. Uh, it was alleged that uh, Weaver, being a, a gunsmith, a local gunsmith um, in northern Idaho, that uh, he had got tied up with some bikers and had done some things. And, um, you know, it, all of that was alleged. But did he really saw off a shotgun? Who knows? Okay, who knows? And at that time, this was, uh, a, a, there was a growing movement that was, 
increasingly hostile to federal government overreach in northern Idaho. And it just so happened that the FBI didn't have any sources there that they could flip. And they, there was really no way that they could make inroads in that region. You know, it was the same case in western North Carolina. And so how do you, um, how do you get informants in there? Well, you just have to send somebody in who's already compromised and you already have something over their head. And th- this is already a confidential informant. And, you know, whatever they say, right, whatever they say under uh, coercive means, and maybe they made the whole thing up themselves, Right. Maybe that guy that Randy Weaver had crossed paths with, who just so happened to be a confidential informant. Well, you know, maybe that guy manufactured evidence against him. And so next thing you know, you have Randy Weaver getting subpoenaed for a crime that he did not commit uh, that had very little evidence other than the fact that there was a shotgun that was just a little bit shorter than 18 and a half inches. Okay. Pretty ridiculous thing. They file the charges. He says, I'm no-showing. Okay. Now, in retrospect, you know, we could say that things maybe might have been handled a little bit better. But when we look at the plea deal uh, dilemma that federal prosecutors currently enjoy, you don't have the money in this day and age to fight charges. All right, this is one of the greatest injustices. It's something like 79% of federal cases, and that number could be could be higher than that, but federal felony cases are resolved through a plea arrangement because you simply can't afford to fight them. All right. And a Vietnam vet who was living on his disability pension and working as a part-time gunsmith with kids to feed and a family to take care of and just wanting to be left alone. Okay. Just wanting to be left alone. And he had the inherent right to do that. And so what? He had a few controversial beliefs. Okay. A lot of people do. All right. A lot of people do. It doesn't give the government the right to murder someone. And it also does not give the government the right to target individuals simply based on their beliefs, which is what we've also been doing since 2001. You know, we can fast forward that. We can fast forward that clock, and we're doing it again. We're doing it again. And we're going to be exploring that in this episode. But Randy's two sons, both killed. His wife was murdered, all murdered by federal agents who had surrounded his home, they were going to take him into custody, and they were there to kill him. Plain and simple. So, unfortunately, uh, you know, Randy won a settlement with the government. The charges were dismissed because they were bogus to begin with, and they were dismissed. He won a lawsuit, wrongful death lawsuit, against the government. He got a million dollars. Okay, a measly million dollars. There is no amount of money that can replace the loss of a man's entire family assassinated through government overreach. None. None whatsoever. And yet, that was the payout. You know, 
we look on this, we look on all of this, and, and I think that it's, uh, unfortunately, Randy has passed on. He kind of uh, led a, a low-profile life uh, later on. He was, uh, unfortunately, a professed atheist, and, you know, hey, it's, when, when people go through traumatic things, certainly the level of, of emotional and psychological trauma that he went through right in front of him, right in front of him and being a Vietnam vet coming back from Vietnam. And, uh, you know, he, he was a combat engineer in Vietnam as well. So, you know, he, he saw his share of a lot of stuff and he just wanted to be left alone. The government wasn't going to leave him alone. All right. They weren't going to leave him alone. So, you know, it, it, it's understandable that somebody can, can react in that way. And, um, you know, I just pray that, uh, Randy, you know, you're, you're reunited with your family in heaven and, you know, you, you certainly, um, serve as an unfortunate example of what they are doing today, what they are doing today, what attorney general Merrick Garland is doing today. And, you know, we can, we can certainly apply the Bonhoeffer quote to this. That first they came for them and then there was no outcry. And then eventually they came for me. And we can absolutely apply that to today. In the 1990s, with all the outrage, with all the outrage, and I remember it well. I remember it well. I remember the outrage. And then later on, Waco. We all know how that ended up. And there will be critics of this who listen to this and say, well, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, those, those crazy right-wing guys, boy, they, they, you know, they, they pulled off the Oklahoma city bombing. Well, well about that. Um, there is a mountain of evidence that was uncovered by Bob Brown and published in soldier of fortune magazine that the Oklahoma city bombing was in part, maybe perhaps in large part instigated by the federal bureau of instigation as well. And of course that was published, uh, back in the early two thousands. Maybe it was one of the 1999 episodes or, um, issues. I'll have to go back and look, but it, I do, um, remember reading it. Uh, it would have, eh, it would have been 1999. It would have been 1999. I'll look back through the catalog and find it. But uh, it was the, the plot that sickens, and it was a two-part series, uh, investigative journalism written by Colonel Bob Brown himself. And, uh, you know, it, it back then, back then, and I remember all of this very well growing up and being involved in conservative uh, patriot circles even back then as, as a kid. And, uh, I, you know, I remember the Clinton years well and the abuses against the American people very, very well. Uh, I vibrant, vibrantly 
vibrantly remember it. So that, of course, brings us to where we are today, where we find ourselves in 2022 going down that road. And we're going to be talking about that throughout the remainder of this episode. But first, a quick shout out to the show's sponsors, Civil Defense Manual, Jack Lawson's two-volume set, civildefensemanual.com. Definitely go pick up a copy of each of those books. I wrote the communications chapter in there and wrote it for individuals with absolutely no training to be able to read digest, and get themselves up to speed. You're going to find a mountain of great information and great knowledge contained in that series. My good friends over at Blacksmith Publishing, uh, the Warriors bookstore run by Special Forces veterans Paul LeFevre and Mike Blackburn, You know, they wrote the U.S. Army Special Forces Small Unit Tactics Handbook. And I think that uh, I put a a link up to that every so often. I think that it is a must-read book. If you got one copy, you need two copies. If you got two copies, you know, one is, is none, two is one. If you got two, you need to get a third one that you cover in duct tape and take out to the field and use as a manual and as a guide to training yourselves because the wisdom that is contained in there over 40 years combined of small unit tactics, uh, instruction, and leadership as they were both instructors at the U.S. Army Special Forces Small Unit Tactics School as part of the larger qualification course. You're not going to find a better manual out there on how to work as a team in hostile environments. They've got a lot of other great books as well. Iron Sharpening Iron, one of my all-time favorite nonfiction books. This book changed my life. It, It completely gave me a new perspective on things as a very angry and bitter veteran When I got out, I was going through a a pretty rough time in life trying to find myself after the Army and, uh, you know, had some struggles, read that book, and it changed my outlook on a lot of things and kind of reinvigorated my faith and and really um, brought me into a more grounded state as, you know, you're an American man and damn it, you better step up. And, you know, it, it can also do the same for all of you out there. I cannot give that book a, a enough praise. And so that's why back in episode 97, having um, Paul Favor and Mike Blackburn on, Paul Favor was the author of that book, having them on was such a huge honor. And, um, you know, I, I'm proud to be an advertiser for them and a friend and, um, you know, giving them a big shout out. But you need it. Okay, they got a lot of other great books as well. The Land Nav book that was written by a pseudonym, a guy by the name Chris Imperial. The Land Navigation book, I took it with me out west and read it throughout the airport, um, you know, traveling out there. Hey, I'm telling you, great, great book. Very plainly written, very easy to follow. And, you know, really something that that I think you're going to get a whole lot out of, especially for new folks. 
Okay, especially for guys who who are kind of unfamiliar with the you know a map and a compass and trying to get things figured out, trying to you know learn how to learn that self reliance skill, right? Land navigation because land navigation, physical fitness, communication skills, firearms, marksmanship, right? All of that stuff goes together, and if you can't do one of those, then you're not really that good uh, at, at at much else. You know, so, um, you know, last on the list, certainly not least, Joe Dolio with the Tactical Wisdom Series. And I don't know what else I could say that I haven't already said uh, about his books, but you definitely need those as well. Um, Real world, Christian, uh, biblically based training and serves as a training guide. And uh, I'm telling you, it, it's it, it is just such an honor to have this this mountain of talent that has come out of the woodwork that has uh, reached out to me and been willing to work with uh, you know what we're doing with Radio Contra with AmericanPartisan.org, and uh, it, you know it's it's absolutely incredible and and nothing short of providential, nothing short of providential. You know, so everybody that's out there that is, you know, getting getting the black pill effect, as I call it, of, you know, down in the dumps and, man, it seems like nothing ever changes and, you know, I just kind of cut the news off because I'm getting angry. Hey, you know, a lot of us are, but you got to be willing to do something about it. Okay, you got to be willing to do something about it. You got to be willing to put yourself out there. You got to be willing to work hard. You got to be willing to make a sacrifice. All right. It is not televised. Okay. You know, the old saying, the revolution is not televised. The revolution is not televised. The revolution is absolutely not televised and neither is the counter revolution. Okay. And what that meant, what that meant was that you had to get off your ass and get out there and make something happen. You had to get up off the couch Quit watching and consuming and do something. Get out and train. Get out and meet like-minded patriots. Because there's a lot of ways to do that. And, you know, as I was talking about in yesterday's episode at 155, being out in Washington State, Everybody out there was complaining about, you know, man, Washington's such a bad place. And, and yeah, they, they have some serious challenges. North Carolina's got some serious challenges, too. You know, we just had an Antifa guy in Raleigh while I was out west who got domed, as he should have, uh, because he was setting Raleigh Police Department cars on fire. They're cop cruisers. Setting them on fire. Well... You know, they, that's that's going to go one way, buddy. You know, they are actively out there and they are committed to their revolution. And right now, just because you do not see what is going on, and believe me, believe me, they have top head cover. They have a permission to do what they are doing from the very top, whether it is explicit permission or implicit permission, that's up to you to make up your mind and figure out, right? I have my thoughts on it. 
But that's up to you to figure that out. Because I can't prove that it's explicit permission. But it is implicit permission when they do not go after them. When they do not go after them and when you have selective enforcement of the laws. We do not have the equality of enforcement of the laws in the United States. And anyone who argues to the contrary needs to get their heads checked. Because we absolutely do not. We do not have a fair and impartial judicial system either. It is stilted and it favors the left. 100% lock and stock. Now they'll try to convince you that it does not. They'll try to convince you that the inequalities that are there. Right? Of the justice system. These inequalities. That... They disproportionately favor those in the middle class. I contend that it could not be further from the truth because the middle classes statistically commit the least amount of crime in both categories. Whether you want to talk about white collar crime or you want to talk about blue collar crime. Statistically speaking, they commit the least amount of crime. And I know this coming from a sociology background, the concentration in criminology. I know what I'm talking about here. Right? Why? Because they have this thing called social capital. Social capital file it's it is part and parcel. It is filed under the general deterrence theory of crime because they have too much to lose. So when I see stories like what I saw this morning coming out of New York, of course, uh, their mayor, uh, they replaced Mayor Sandinista with Mayor uh, Train Cop. And Mayor Train Cop, of course, uh, Eric Adams, he was a uh, railway police officer. And uh, didn't they just have a shooting in the railway? So where was he? Uh, Could have lent his experience when it came to uh, the fact that none of the cameras were working in that area. And, and of course, Frank James, the outlaw, uh, shooting, shooting the place up. But anyhow, um, Mayor, Mayor uh, Train Cop Eric Adams is out there, and he, he's already, you know, the people in New York are, I think, are, are entertaining in, in all the wrong ways because uh, New York City, to be specific, there's a lot of great people that live in New York. There's, there's great people that live in New York City, and New York City used to be, for a little while at least, was a pretty cool place to visit. Uh, not anymore, not anymore, but at, at one time it was, and you know, of course, that was when Rudy Giuliani was there and actually cleaned the place up and you know, had a, a zero tolerance uh, policy towards crime. But, you know, of course, uh, Mayor Train Cop has worked to uh, demonize his law enforcement, demonize the NYPD, the same tactic that they've used the revolutionary communists that are now all finding themselves running for office in uh, different municipalities and, you know, all, all the major cities across the United States. They always put some some uh, communist hack in charge. And they're all reading off of a script because they have a playbook that they are each following. It's, it's all the same thing, okay, top to bottom. And so while uh, uh, Mayor Wilhelm, 
Mayor Sandinista in New York City was hideously unpopular. And on New Year's, there were people throwing trash on, on his front lawn and, you know, kind of harassing him and, and, and whatever and expressing how unpopular he is. You know, they're, they're cheering this new guy coming in who is of the same political party. He is of the same opinion on everything. And he's literally, for all intents and purposes, another person another mayor who is continuing the same platform he's just an empty suit okay and so you've got this huge spike in crime that's happening in new york city and what do they do they blame it on quote-unquote ghost guns right it's polymer 80's fault it's polymer 80's fault um you know who knew that hobby Firearms that you built at home yourself out of a piece of plastic um, is is the is to be blamed for a a rash of uh, violent crime. Of course, this is a singular explanation. It fails to take into account the fact that you have a severely increased. Uh, consumer price index or CPI, the fact that people have a general strain on themselves, an economic strain, right? It also doesn't take into effect John Lott's theory, which he is, he most famously wrote a book called More Guns, Less Crime, right? It most famously does not take into account that either. And so the singular answer, of course, every time, to these buffoons, is to simply ban guns. Well, that doesn't work, okay? That's not going to work. And, of course, they, they have their little displays where they have their firearms laid out and a bunch of AR-15s. We know that AR-15s are not being used statistically in crime, okay? At the aggregate level, the day-to-day crimes, it's not happening. That's not happening. It, the statistics simply do not support their claims, period. When it comes to handguns, to completely build a polymer 80, a quote-unquote ghost gun, it's more expensive than it is to have a regular gun. A polymer 80, to completely piece together, costs more than just buying a Glock. And we know that there are plenty of of guns that are being manufactured in the underground and sold in the underground that have been stolen. If you had allowed your officers to do their jobs to begin with, if you enforced the laws rather than simply making excuses for the lawbreakers, when you eliminate things like bail, which I thought was a very ironic statement coming from Eric Adams because he said, oh, you know, well, they committed gun violence crimes and they were already right back out on the street. Yeah, they were. You know why? Because your own district attorney, your city attorney, got rid of bail for violent offenders. So what do you think is going to happen? Because you left-wingers out there are listening to these idiotic reports about, oh, Rikers Island is so terrible. Rikers Island is so terrible. Jails are terrible. They're all terrible. We need to eliminate bail. It exists for a reason. And when you commit a crime, it ain't supposed to be a vacation. Okay? Period. 
It ain't supposed to be you're going to the Hilton for a couple nights. Nah, you're going to the clink. And you're going with other people who are just like you. You are removed from society at this time. All right? You know, and and I recall, too, um, you know, in, in New York City specifically, you know, the the old uh, stakeout squad and, and stories of that, of general deterrence to crime. You know, if you commit a violent crime, you're going to be a violent offender. We're going to get violent right back. You know, this is what you're going to do. We're going to get violent right back. But, of course, we can't do that. We can't do that. And instead, instead, you have all of this power structure all the way up to the federal level in D.C., which is favoring people who are inherently criminal, okay, who are actually out there committing crimes. You have Merrick Garland, and instead of instead of having a man with honor who says, hey, man, I messed up here, I made some bad calls, and I'm going to resign, okay, instead of acting with honor, what does this guy do? He doubles down. He doubles down on his position, and what does he do? Well, you and I, we're domestic terrorists, right? Parents, folks going and speaking out at school board meetings. It's very interesting because Attorney General Merrick Garland has made a lot of money off of critical race theory textbooks and learning material. That's right. So he is there protecting an investment. Meanwhile, it is being disclosed now. There is new evidence coming to light. It's being reported on that Attorney General Merrick Garland has not just designated certain parents, groups of parents who were going to these school board meetings and speaking out, as is their right under the First Amendment, holding government officials accountable, something he's completely unfamiliar with, Not only that, but they were diverting resources from the Department of Homeland Security to monitor them. Boy, that's interesting. Interesting. So, instead of going after actual criminals, we just blame the firearms, instead of going after violent offenders and keeping them locked up where they belong, we're going to eliminate bail. But if you so happen to speak out against the LGBTQ plus whatever pre-frog agenda, right? If you happen to disagree with that, if you happen to hold a controversial opinion, if you happen to believe that critical race theory does not accomplish anything other than more hate and division among our children, our most precious assets out there, who naturally get along and love one another and will until you create artificial divisions among the people. If you happen to speak out against that, if you happen to have a problem with any of that, you're a terrorist. And whom are you terrorizing? And that's the problem with having an open-ended definition of terrorism. 
which the federal government continues to have. Because when you have an open-ended label that you can apply anywhere, you will apply it to everywhere that challenges the authority of the power structure. Everywhere that challenges the authority of people that you have an inherent right as an American to speak out against. And that's what they do. That's their weapon. And they will leverage that against you to keep you in fear. To keep you cowered down. To keep you mentally beat down. To put you in your cage. To put you in your place. How dare you speak out? How dare you hold an opinion that goes against our interests? This is what they do. These are the weapons that they wield. This Attorney General Merrick Garland, this man, had he had he any honor whatsoever, he would have resigned. He would have resigned. He would have left that office and vacated it. But we know that there is no such thing as honor among these people. None whatsoever. They do not have the capacity to understand honor. They do not have the ability to project any sort of outward honor. They can't even fake it till they make it. They can't even do it. We know this to be true. Because the Marxist will lie to you. They will lie to your face. They'll tell you anything that you want to hear. They'll be anything that you want them to be. As long as they're getting their way. Heaven forbid you call them on it. And this is just what's being disclosed now. You know, we have uh, stories up on AmericanPartisan.org of uh, James O'Keefe's Project Veritas. I was just talking about them in yesterday's communique. And how the FBI, there's a whistleblower who is a special agent for the FBI. He lays out his resume. Of course, he's speaking under conditions of anonymity. And he lays out the entire case of how they have been spied on. How Project Veritas was spied on by the FBI. How independent news agencies are spied on and manipulated by the FBI. And the scariest thing about this is that FISA warrants can be opened against you. Not just in absentia. Meaning they can deem you guilty of whatever they want without you even being there. Grand jury can get a a FISA warrant. But it happens in secret. And if they went after the sitting president of the United States, Donald Trump, the way that they did, it doesn't matter whether you like, dislike, agree with, it doesn't matter, okay? It absolutely doesn't matter. The fact that they went after a man, fabricated all of the evidence, and spied on his campaign, this is what we got Nixon for with Watergate. And we all remember that. So why is that not being done now? Why is the Democrat Party not being currently gutted? Why is there no one out there being rolled out in cuffs? Because they want it to happen. Because they are complicit in it. Just like with the communist revolution that is coming this summer to our streets, 
they are complicit in it. Just like with our border being overrun, just today in Eagle Pass, all of the people who got rolled up, where were they from? Colombia, Venezuela. What did I just talk about yesterday? Episode 155, talking about how Colombia was going to be the next thing. And these people are coming up here. And you can't tell me at this juncture that they are only coming up here for a better life. Not happening. That's just an eagle pass. Okay, that's just an eagle pass. Where else are they coming across? This is where they're coming from. This attorney general, this administration, they're complicit in it. They're absolutely complicit in it. Why is it that they are shutting down oil drilling leases? Why are they doing that? We have an impending diesel shortage. Trucks aren't going to roll. Stuff's not getting shipped. And I'm telling you, I'm not putting up the the uh, the links to freeze-dried food companies. I'm not putting up the links to all that stuff because it benefits me. Okay, American Partisan gets a very small commission off of those purchases that you make. I'm not putting it up there because I, I'm, I'm trying to make money off of that. Okay, We're putting it up there. Those links are going up because that's a warning. You need to get the stuff now. You need to get it now. Heed the warning. You need to get the products now because it's not promised that it's going to be there tomorrow. Look at the baby formula. You know, and that's the really sad one too, but I'm going to tell you something that uh, this weekend, this weekend, Lord willing, uh, I'm going to have a guest on, we're going to do an interview and we're going to be talking about the shortages. We're going to be talking about what's going on from the manufacturing end. This guy's an insider in all of that. And we're going to be discussing what he's seen as a distributor and being involved in the sales of all that. I'm really excited for this interview. But we're going to be discussing it in detail, what he's hearing. And it's coming from the horse's mouth. This is coming from the companies, freeze-dried food companies, the distribution companies, and what he is hearing about all of this. Okay, And it should be alarming. And so circling back to uh, discussing the issues with the baby formula, you know, because that, of course, is the, the thing right now. That, that's what everybody's dialed in on because it is very alarming. And, you know, we've got a lot of kids out there now who, who are at risk, right? The very early stages of being at risk. We'll, you know, we can make do. We'll survive this. And the infants will survive it as well uh, because there are other things that, that you know, you, you can do to uh, feed young children, uh, it, you know, back before we had uh, modern techniques of creating baby formula and, and so on and so forth. Um, but you know, that's a little bit outside my lane, so I'm not going to discuss it in detail, uh, because, uh, you know, I've never had to do that. Um, you know, create, basically creating baby formula with, uh, condensed milk and, and, uh, corn syrup and, and a few other things. But, you know, that's, again, it's outside my lane. However, with that said, I want to talk again and revisit these illegals who are coming across the border. They're all bringing their kids. Right, they're all bringing their kids, and it has been reported that there were pallets of, and, and this is coming from Customs and Border Protection, by the way. All right, so this this is coming from sources there. They saw it. All right, 
This isn't, you know, some some hack, some wackadoodle coming from some random corner of the internet. This is legitimate information, right? That's being passed my way. They saw pallets of baby formula being delivered. Saw it. Private entities delivering it. So somebody, somebody, pallets of this stuff being handed out for free. Oh, we're going give it, to give it to you for free, right? Pallets of this stuff. They're buying it up off of the shelves. It is my theory, my theory. I can't prove it. I can't prove it. But it is my theory that someone or something is buying it all up. How is it that we had Abbott Labs, which was just one of the manufacturers that was manufacturing baby formula? How is it that we had so much on the shelves just a few months ago and now we have nothing? I mean, it, it wasn't a, a complete halt. Things didn't just completely uh, shut down overnight. Somebody bought it all up. Something happened. A variable X happened in there. I don't know what that is, but I am speculating on it. Someone or something bought up a giant amount of the market share and redirected it. It is my theory, my hypothesis if you will, that it was done on purpose. This is just the beginning. And it is a targeted attack at our nation's most vulnerable. Very interesting timing, given the fact that we have the Roe versus Wade overturning decision that is looming when the decisions from the last uh, latest Supreme Court session are published when those decisions and that stare decisis is handed down. So it's very, very ironic, almost as if it is being done on purpose. And that is certainly a conclusion that I believe, at least, that we could safely, uh, very safely draw. But again, I'm only one man. I have my theories. I have my thoughts. This is what I think. This is what I see. Take it or leave it. But it is a very interesting coincidence. And, you know, I mean, you could say, well, you know, we have manufacturing slowdown in all the sectors and, and everything. And, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. But it is way too coincidental and highly statistically improbable that an entire industry would be shut down in totes uh, completely, top to bottom. Doesn't really make sense, at least from my vantage point. And again, you know, I'm just one guy. I'm just some guy, you know, and, and who knows? I could be completely wrong about that. But either way you look at it, you know, anyhow you want to look at it, it underscores the need for your own preparedness because this is one sector where we have uh, experienced a, a, a serious hardship and are currently experiencing a serious hardship. It's getting ready to get a lot worse, I think. Uh, I think. And that, you know, that means you need to be stocking up now. 
on what you can. I put links up on AmericanPartisan.org on a daily basis of uh, things that I I suggest you pick up. Uh, you know, everything from books to manuals that, that I think are, are important to uh, gear to ammo deals, mags for your weapons, the weapons themselves, um, you know, optics, anything you can get your hands on that I think is going to give you an advantage in what I see coming down the pipe. And, you know, we're in for some pretty serious times. That, of course, underscores the need for training. Okay, that underscores the need for training. Brushbeater.org slash training calendar. Check out the dates that are up there. I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling throughout the rest of the year. And the dates that are up there are the dates that are up there. Um, there may be there may be one more thing that gets added. Uh, we'll see. Uh, there may be one more date that gets added going into the fall <clears throat> but again, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple of things on that end that are up in the air right now, but definitely get in on training. Okay. Contact me directly, ncscout at brushbeater.org, and I will be more than happy to uh, get you enrolled in classes, interact with you. You know, love to see you out. Love to get you uh, into some great training, world-class training that you're not going to find anywhere else. Of course, the RTO courses are coming up on the calendar as well. Got one in Michigan. Got a couple of slots left in that, um, you know, kind of getting down to the wire. And I'm going to be traveling up there. And, and I know that it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's, it, it is going to be awesome. Joe Dolio is going to be there. Uh, so, you know, definitely some great after hours, after class conversation, interacting with him as well. But, um, you know, get in on that, get in on that. I've got some other projects that I think that y'all are going to be excited about that are in the works, some things that have been, uh, kind of a long time coming. And then some other things that you are going to be excited about that you didn't know about uh, that I've been working on behind the scenes. So, you know, a lot of good things that are coming down the pipe and a lot of training opportunities that are out there. Brushbeater.org slash training calendar. Definitely get in on it. Uh, definitely get in on it. You know, and the last thing that I want to say, folks, I want to revisit again the need to not get blackpilled. Okay. A lot of people get overwhelmed with all this stuff and then they just want to shut down and they think, you know, all right, there's no way that we're going to surmount any of this. We're not going to be able to do anything and stuff just gets so bad and there's never any accountability. And, and I'm just checking out of the system altogether. Well, let me tell you something. If you do that, they win. If you do that, they win. If you allow them to get inside your head and shut you down and change what you are doing in the hope that we have for a better and brighter tomorrow, then they win. But what we do today will absolutely make a difference in not just our futures, but our children's futures. You owe it to them and you owe it to the great people of this country to keep your head up Keep your nose to the grindstone and keep going. Keep fighting. Charlie Mike, 
Something we used to say to one another in the army means continue movement. No matter how bad you think it is, we cannot afford to stop. Folks, we're going to be on the air again tonight. Sons of Liberty Live, the live show. And of course, you can get in on the action 2100 Eastern Time on the Podbean app. You get on the app, you will see uh, the live show, the icon for Radio Contra, the Skull Diamond Resistor. And you click on that, you can get in on the live show. And of course, it will be published after that. We've got so much to talk about tonight. I'm really, really excited for this episode. Going to have an absolutely packed house. And uh, it's been two weeks been two weeks since the last episode, so I am really, really excited um, to get back on there and interact with all of you. It's always an incredible time, folks. If you want to support Radio Contra, of course, we have our patron program. The icon is going to be over in the corner. If you are on the Podbean app, you will see the small red icon. You can click on that. You can make a donation there. You can sign up for monthly donations or you can do a one-time donation, cancel it. Cancel it anytime. There's absolutely no obligation whatsoever. But I'm telling you, every little bit of help that you give goes a very long way. I've got some ambitious projects that are going to be coming down the pipe. Some really cool stuff that I'm going to be putting out for the larger community in the near future. So anyway, with that said, I'll be talking to all of you tonight. Until then, keep it sane, keep it military, keep it disciplined, keep it local. God bless. And I'll talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout out. Back, back, back.